What's up, homegirls and homeboys? On today's episode, I am telling you about experiences that drove me into being a therapist. What has really shaped me into being the therapist that I am today? I get a lot of questions about this, and I think this is a good topic to talk about. Keep listening. Hello, welcome to Heard and Healed podcast. I am your host, Nathisha Brooks, and here on my platform, my goal is just to simply offer you perspective to important life challenges and offer you positive feedback and outlook to help your emotional and mental stability via my own experiences and lessons that I've learned, okay? So if you're interested in that and you feel like you'll learn something, I dropped some good gems over here. If you do not know, you can see me on YouTube. I have a visual podcast, or this podcast is visual. Type in her. And Hill podcast on YouTube. You'll see me, sis. I got on my pink, sitting on my couch with my purple. Okay. If you would like to listen to me, I'm on a lot of different listening platforms, most popular Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is type in Heard and Hill podcast and you'll find me. Go ahead and subscribe to me. Follow me over there. Listen to me, sis, when you're doing your makeup, you're driving in your car, you're cleaning your house. Like, I'm just a good voice to play in the background. Please also, if you are listening, Listening to me, go rate me on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a feedback, leave me a rating, okay? Like, I really do appreciate that. How are you guys doing? I love coming to talk on my podcast. Sometimes I, I'm unsure of what I want the topic to be about or what I kind of want to talk about. So, if you guys are listening, Please leave me a suggestion on what you would like to hear about um, or hear my perspective on or what you just need some feedback on. That would be helpful, too, just to give me some good um, podcast topics. So I wasn't necessarily sure on what I wanted to talk about, but I get this question all the time. And it's how did you become a social worker? How did you know this was your passion? What do you do as your career? How did you get there? This won't necessarily be a career related podcast, but it's I mean, like how to get into your right career. No, I'm just going to kind of give the backstory on how I got into my career. And we'll chit chat via that. Okay, so let's get into this because I get this question all the time, especially on my Instagram. Like, hey, me, you know, um, can you be my therapist or um, how can I come to you as a therapist? And how did you become a therapist? How do you become a social worker? I get all these questions. So I say, you know what? Let's talk about this. Now, listen, my mic is attached to my jacket my mic is attached to my jacket and because i be moving my mic be going all over the place so i hope that you guys can hear me okay so let's talk about it so for those of you guys let's just throw it out there i am a licensed social worker in the state of maryland okay licensed social worker my current job though i'm I'm an outpatient mental health therapist now what the heck is that outpatient mental health is when you ever go to this is the basis the basic way i can explain it you ever go how you never know how hospitals have like psych wars or units where people need care like they are really struggling it may be an emergency for their overall not mental i mean mental and emotional health so they have like a psych ward so that's called inpatient when you are actually in a hospital setting and you are receiving 24 around the clock support outpatient is when you're at a more stable level and you are able to just manage your own mental health care okay so i'm a therapist i work with children teenagers um adults 
older people like I'm just a, your average mental health therapist the highest on my case load is the, the oldest age of my case load is above 60 the younger age is um, what do I want to say no 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 younger than six okay so I got a good range on my, my eyes itching I'm sorry I got a good range of the clients that I work with my preference I really like working with adolescents I really like working with adults but I'm gonna tell you something although I like working with them children I do very very well with children naturally just gravitate to me they naturally love me I see really really good results with my children I'm gonna tell you something I am the least confident in working with children and Everybody that I say that to, especially in my work environment, is like, how? Like, what? <laughs> Even in my family, like, people are like, what? Kids love you. And I'm just like, I don't feel confident working with children. But I'm going to tell you something. All of my parents is like, please don't ever stop. Like, my kid, I, we wouldn't even know what to do without you. So, clearly, I have some type of touch or passion. Like, clearly, I'm skilled there. But I just don't see it. <laughs> or I'm refusing to see it. I don't know. I like working with, and when I say adolescents, like, I want you to be 20 and older, okay? Like, I like that. I like working with adults. I think because with children, I don't talk to children in, like, children language. You know, I talk to children like like they're older you know I want them to understand what I'm saying and if I'm saying words that they don't get I teach them that word so sometimes I feel like it's a communication barrier but this is my own insecurity like I don't know how to talk to kids I don't know man these kids be talking right back them kids love them some Miss Brooks okay so that is what my occupation is now Let's talk a little bit about how I became a social worker. Now, when people think of social workers, they think about the people that take the kids away from the homes. And yeah, but you'd be surprised. Like, there are so, so, in the field of social work, it's so much you can do. And with the title social work, that, that, that title is different in different job fields. So, like, we don't have the same role. So, a social worker that works in a jail does not have the same role as a social worker that works in a hospital. Does that make sense? So, oh, my God, a social worker that works in a law firm is not going to be a social worker that works at as a therapist. It's just different. So, huh, I love that I'm a social worker because, honestly, I could work so many different places and do so many different things. But let's talk about it. So, I initially went to school. Um, I went to school at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And I had went to get my degree in criminal justice. Now, listen, girl. I had no idea what I wanted to be. I kind of was just like, I want to be a cop. Like, I want to be a crime scene detective. I want to be a lawyer. Like, I was into them CSI shows and Law and Order, all of that. So, I was like, I want to be a cop. So, I went to school and I got this degree in criminal justice. Listen, girl, it was literally my senior year. I graduated in May. This had to have been January of my senior year. It hit me. I was like, I don't want to be no damn cop. And I'm like, Nathisha, <laughs> you about to graduate, girl. Like, find time to realize this. Like, normally people realize this in the beginning of the damn semester and they switch it, you know, and they switch their daggone degree. Like, girl, you about to graduate this degree. Honestly, it hit me. I was just like, I don't want to be no cop. Now, here's the thing. The program at Eastern Shore, the University of Maryland Eastern Shore is um, located in Maryland on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, for those who don't know. The program was a really good program. I didn't necessarily like the school, but I liked the program. I liked the classes. So 
I learned some good stuff, but I think that the more I learned, the more I was like, yeah, this ain't it. Like, this is interesting, this is great, but I don't see me going down this lane. But I realized that a little late. See, sometimes, I don't know, me, I be so in the moment sometimes that I realize stuff a little late in some things. But other things, girl, I kind of catch on quick. Anywho, so imagine me finally realizing that this is not what I want to do and I got to go home and tell my mom, like, mom... This ain't what I want to do. I was so nervous, but when I got home and I graduated, I remember telling my mom, like, Mom, I don't want to be no cop. And it's a little too late for me to realize this, but I need to go back to school because I need to figure out what it is I want to be. And I remember my mother did not respond to me and, like, no, like, what, Natisha? What the hell? She was not that. Like, she didn't respond at all. You know, my mother told me, she said, then I need you to pray on what it is that you want to be. She said, pray on it. She said, and I want you to figure it out. Girl, I don't know if I ever told this story before on my YouTube channel, but one day I I kind of was putting it off on like praying on it because I was just so nervous. Like, damn, I got this degree. I'm out of school. I got to find a job. <laughs> what job you going to get in the criminal justice field? You don't need no daggone criminal justice degree to be in this field. Like, what am I going to do? So it was so much going on in my head. But my mom had came to me. I was in my room chilling one day and she said, I I think I know what you would be good at. This is my mom. And I said, what? She said, search up social work. And I said, what? She said, think about it, Nee. She said, you had so many different social workers growing up, didn't you? She said, this may be a field that you can get into and you can give back to. Now, let me tell you something. For those of you guys who don't know, if I have any new listeners, I was a foster child. So, I did have a lot of different social workers. My idea of social work, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go be the one to take people's kids. I'm not dealing with foster care. Like, that was just too triggering for me. Like, I've been there myself. I cannot. Like, that's just something I'm staying away from, right? But I'm like, so when my mom suggested it, girl, I put it down. I was like, no, <laughs> she crazy as hell. But for some reason, it's so funny. I had started seeing like ads about social work and it would not get off my head. Like I could not figure out another field that I could go get my master's degree in. Like this social work just kept sitting with me. So finally one day I had prayed and I said, Lord, listen, my mother suggested social work, but I'm so afraid of that. Like... I don't know if that's what my calling is. I don't know if that's what I need to pursue. But if so, please send me signs. Send me signs. Let me tell y'all something. This is the kicker. I remember packing all my things up and I had moved back to the eastern shore of Maryland. And I had got my own apartment there. And I was like, all right, this is it. Like, you are going to go to school. You are going to get this degree. <laughs> You've moved away from home. You're going to settle yourself and you're going to start your career. Y'all, the first day of school, I walked into my introduction to social work class. And when I tell you immediately after hearing what that class was about, listening to the instructor, reading over the course and just being in the moment, I was like, damn, this is where I need to be. This was different. I didn't feel that <laughs> in my undergraduate career when I 
was in my introduction to criminal justice, I didn't feel that at all. It was just like, okay, I'm in college and this is what I'm going to school for. But my master's degree, like, it was the first day of school that I was like, this is what I'm, this is it. Like, I am right where I need to be. It was so life-changing. Think about this. I had graduated from undergrad, didn't like what I had, was so unsure on what to do next because I need a job. I need to solidify myself. My mother drops her birdie and say, go be a social worker. I turn it down, pray on it, say, Lord, send me signs. Signs come everywhere. I take the necessary steps. And the first day I felt like, bingo, girl. Girl, this career meant something more to me. This career path was deeper for me. Not to toot my own horn, a lot of my clients really, really, really have made great progress by talking to me and by having me as their therapist. And I get this compliment all the time, like, you just don't know how much you've changed my life. You just don't know, like, how blessed I am to have you. I get a not, lot of new people who ain't never, ever, ever been in therapy before. And they may have heard what their family members said or what their parents said about therapy. And they come to me and I have changed their entire perspective of what going to therapy look like. And they sit here like, I done sent my brother. He need to go to therapy. I'm telling everybody my family need therapy. <laughs> a blessing it is a blessing but I'm gonna be honest with you I feel like the reason why this role works for me is because I've been through a lot of things and also I have an ability to empathize with people I have an ability to understand people and it was important for me to get into a career that was relatable I guess but a career that I knew I was going to thrive in like that was very much so important for me I did not know that I was going to thrive this well now I'm really sitting here like oh I love that let me tell you sometimes I be drained like my emotions go like this all day oh my god you can't see me I'm saying that my emotions go up and down up and down all day on day I got to be high for somebody who just got a promotion at their job, but then I got to really empathize with somebody who just lost their grandmother. And then I got to really be stern about somebody who didn't enforce their boundaries. And I got to say, wait a minute now. Then I got to really empathize for this person who may have just got hurt by her husband or just got abused. The emotions. Oh my gosh. By the end of the day, I'm like, okay. I like my job. I do. But if I'm being honest, sometimes my job is like, oh, my God. Sometimes I'm like, not today. But then I really have to think about the bigger purpose. Let me tell you, therapy is not my last stop. No, this is just my, I'm just beginning. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, this is my first stop. <laughs> it's not my last stop. But I'm serving a purpose here. I think also, too, like the reason why. I like my role as a therapist because when I was in foster care, I had one therapist that I really, 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 really enjoyed. And I'm going to tell you something. I was a little girl. And when I went to her therapy sessions and I kind of adopt this technique, I remember this. She never had crayons and markers and pencils and nothing like that for me. I literally sat in her chair. She sat in her chair. She asked me questions. And I answered and talked. And she asked me questions like, 
real questions. Not like, how was school today? You got me? You know, who's your best friend? She asked stuff like that, but like, she really asked me questions that had me thinking, and I was talking about a lot. And I was a little girl. But it was something that I needed. It was something that I needed because being in foster care, I didn't have anybody I could talk to. You know, like, my foster parents were not, you know, like, hey, come talk to me if something's going wrong. No, my experience in foster care, these people was doing this shit for a fucking check. And you was just somebody living in their damn house. And guess what? I'll feed you, bathe you, clothe you, put a roof over your shoulder, and that's just it. But any type of emotional support, they just wasn't giving that. So I was already just very, very lonely. And as foster children, the state does try to provide you so many different services. So therapy is something that all foster kids get for that additional levels of support. And... I really appreciated that particular therapist who really just listened to me and who was really my only support. So as a therapist today, it really drives my way into being there for my clients because I kind of know what it feels like to just have a person who is just completely supportive of what you're going through in that moment. I don't know if I ever told y'all this before, but... On another flip, I had another therapist who was the worst therapist in the world. I mean, worst. Let me let me share this story with you right quick, okay? So, hi. For those of you guys who do know, okay, you may know this. I was in a foster home. My very first foster home, it was completely abusive, okay? This is my first time ever experiencing abuse. This foster lady, this, this damn woman was just evil, okay? She had a daughter and... She just wanted me to be jealous of her daughter so damn bad. And I just wasn't jealous of her damn daughter. But in her mind, I was jealous, okay? Because her daughter had a mom and I didn't. So she would just purposely go out her way to dress us different, treat us different, feed us different food, do our hairs different. But in a way where she really plummeted and affected my self-esteem. Because she had this, I don't know, like agenda out, she also girl abused the mess out of me I mean smacked me pushed me choked me hit me punched me like she was just bad okay I was in therapy while I was also in this woman's care and I remember going to this therapist and getting the spill that okay whatever you tell me I don't tell your parents and this is between us and you know like you know just the whole confidentiality talk okay and Another part of therapist therapy is really trusting your therapist. So I think this was one of my first experiences in therapy. And I'm like, okay, was well, she telling me she wouldn't tell? And, you know, she's saying I should trust her. So I didn't really open up initially. You know, maybe the first two or three visits, I really didn't open up. I was just kind of getting a feel of her. But I remember... Because she kept telling me, like, it was like every time I seen her, she kept giving me this confidentiality spill. Like, listen, I don't tell. Whatever you got going on, you can always tell me. I won't tell. So at that point, I'm like, okay. I guess I was feeling pressure. I don't know. Was I, little, I was a little girl. But I ended up telling her, like, disclosing to her, like, all right, listen, my foster mother abuses me. Like, she tears me up. She kicks me down steps. She punches me. I mean, this is my first time telling anybody about this. And this is a person who I trusted because she said that she's here to help me. She said that she's not going to tell. She just wants me to be honest with her and just tell her what's going on. So I'm like, I guess I can tell her. Like, at least she won't tell. 
girl so i freaking thought i tell this woman all of my experiences now understand this is my first time ever telling anybody about my abuse more importantly this is my first time ever being abused my own biological parents didn't even hit me so this is a stranger introducing me to what abuse looks like now kids get beaten you know like you may get a butt whooping i've seen that happen but I am experiencing a level of abuse that I've never even seen before. I've never even imagined before. So this is something that is really difficult for me. Okay. And I'm about to tell somebody who's telling me I can tell them that girl. So I let it all out. Long story short, girl, I ended up going home that day and my foster mother came to me and she said, you told that woman I abused you. You told that woman I'd be hitting on you. And I was like, no, I didn't. And my foster mother gave back to me verbatim on what I told my therapist. And let me tell you, that was one of the worst days of her abuse that came down on me. When I tell you that woman would not stop beating me. And when I tell you that shit hurt so goddamn bad. When I tell you that was one of the worst days of abuse. One of the worst damn days. Because my therapist went back. And told my foster parent something that I trusted her not to tell. And I had to endure this fucking abuse. I want you to understand I was all of eight years old. I want that to sit with you. I was all of eight years old. So, I remember that day I was completely pissed. I mean, I was so pissed. I remember when my foster mother was beating me. And I want you to understand, y'all. I have to paint this picture. She wasn't beating me with no... Like, no, she wasn't beating me with no belt. Like, this ain't no butt whooping. This is beating me, like, kicking me in my head. I'm on my back, stomping me the fuck out, smacking me, choking me. Like, she beating me like I'm some damn rag doll. Like... I'm the, the the bitch from 12th grade. She said, if I see you, I'm going to fuck you. This is a beating. Like, she's beating me. And I remember in that moment, like, of course, this shit hurt. I'm crying. I'm like, stop. But I wasn't even so angry at my foster mother. I was so fucking angry at that therapist because look what you got me going through right now. I fucking trusted you and you snitched on me and look what I'm going through. Imagine that foster mother hearing some damn therapist tell her that you know she's doing i'm not that girl was pissed so that beating let all her pissed out girl i remember i could not wait to go to therapy that day i couldn't wait i couldn't wait for the following week i think it was a week or two weeks when i tell i couldn't wait for damn therapy Girl, I remember getting to that damn therapy office and I was rocking. I remember acting like I kept a straight face. I was good, right? Like I was okay. Soon as I got in that damn therapist's office, soon as they shut that damn door, girl, I tore her office up. When I tell you I was breaking glasses and throwing shit and knocking down, um, what is it, knocking down lamps and she had a mirror. I cracked the fuck out that mirror, the bookcase. I threw it. That office was trashed. Trashed. 
I mean, it was completely trash. And I remember the people trying to get in, like, trying to get in this damn office. And I end up, like, unlocking the door and, like, storming out. And these people are, like, holding me, like, what's going on? What is happening? The woman's just screaming. And they're like, what's happening? What's going on? And I was like, she fucking told my business. She told me she wouldn't tell. She, she told me she went down. She told. And you know what the woman did? I didn't tell. I didn't. Lying. And that made me mad even more. Bitch, I cussed her out. I'm eight. Y'all don't understand the level of anger I felt like. Then you're going to lie to me in my face and tell me you didn't tell when you've been kicking with this woman. What she was doing was feeding her information. Like, she told her everything. Why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? That was a very profound moment for me in my history of therapy. So, me as a therapist today, oh, I really value confidentiality. Like when I say your business ain't going nowhere and I really make sure that my clients can feel that they can trust me because trust is so important. I could not trust that therapist and I knew if I was going to be a therapist, you better know that your clients should be able to trust everything. What you say, they should be able to trust that they can tell you stuff and it ain't going to nobody. They should be able to feel it. They should be able to trust you with your deepest and you got to hold that promise. So as a therapist, I don't play. Listen, I got into this field because I know. I've been there. I get it. I understand. I feel it. And my why, even now, like, you know how I come on my podcast and I talk to y'all and I go on my Instagram and I talk to y'all? It's a why for that, too. I am just a layer of support. For a girl who has been through some shit like me and she gets it and she's real about it and she's just, listen, I may not have had or shared some of you guys the same experiences, right? Or you guys, like we may not have some of the same experiences, but we relate that at one moment in life we were very weak and didn't know what to do and didn't know how to get through it and here we are through it. I'm just that girl that I'm here to talk about it. And we do, and I provide you perspective and I give you feedback. I'm that girl. So I serve that purpose too online. Like I am a sounding board for some people, but I'm just that support. People can tell. You can feel when you come into my presence, when you see me on the screen, the passion in my voice, the authenticity behind the words that I speak, the genuineness in my character. You can feel it. And that's very important because that's God-given. <laughs> that's God-given. But understand, I'm this way because I've been through shit. And I, I'm, I'm humanizing all of my experiences. And that's why... I, I'm I'm really I'm a really good therapist because I have a level of openness to me and I have a lot of level of authenticity to me as well and clients feel that and that's something I know and it's very much so needed in this field. When we talk about emotional and mental stability, guys, like that's your entire functioning. <laughs> Do you understand that? Like that's your entire functioning. And I always tell somebody somebody gotta do it. And I'm going to be the one to do it. Like, I can't stretch myself thin helping people. This is why I have my boundaries. This is why I know where I got to cut stuff off. This is why I know I can't show up all the time. This is why I know where I got to deal with my own shit. 
But for me, it's always like, be real, be real, be real. I'm not a perfect person, and I ain't got all the answers. But I'm going to tell you the answers I do have. <laughs> what is it? Behave you, behold you, behave you. I don't know the damn word I'm trying to say, but you know. And you should listen. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? So, anywho, I chose being a therapist because it really resonates with me. And it's one of my strong points. I am very empathetic and I listen to people. I enjoy listening to people. But I enjoy helping people see just who they are. You know, see how they think. And uh, empowering them to use their own strengths that they have. Literally, that's just who I am. But think about it. I do that on the screen as well. I just let you see who you are. I let you, I encourage you to see your own strengths and how you can use them to your advantage and how you can get through life. So, I like the career, but it's not my last stop. And honestly, it didn't take me so many years of school and my program was hard. Yes, my program was two years. I stayed three years. It was so hard. The first year I flunked out. Like, I didn't pass. It wasn't because I didn't pass. I didn't enroll into a course that I needed. Um, but my grades were very, very sucky the first year. In my particular program, you was only able to get one C the entire two years. Imagine that. That's a very vigorous, that's a hard program. You only get one C. Girl, when you get master's level education, the standards change. And I did not know that. I was treating my, in the beginning, I was treating my master's level program as undergrad. I get to that shit last minute. I put half ass work. Girl, last minute, but period. No, it don't work. Like, my grades were failing so bad. Like, girl, I just wasn't, uh-uh. So, I like the career I'm in, but this is not my last stop. But if I can give anybody any type of insight or advice, make sure the career you in, there's some passion behind it. And if it's not, sis, that's where the money reside. Working in something or doing something that you actually enjoy. Not something you're good at. Because you could be good at a lot of things. Like, I'm good at working with children, but do I enjoy it? I'm not saying I hate it, but it's not like something I'm like, oh my God, I have a passion for working with kids. No, you have grandmothers like that. You have sisters like that. Like, you have people you can see that true passion. I'm good at working with children, but it's not my passion. And maybe, I don't know, it's just not really my passion. So I say that to say, like, maybe you're working in something you're good at, but it's not your passion. And if you want to find your passion, either figure it out yourself or talk to the people around you that you trust the most and ask them, like, what do you think I would be good at? What are my streams? You know, what could you come to me for? And see if that works. Because my mom poured into me, child, and that's how I got there. But that's a little background about me. <laughs> I became a social worker, why I am a, a, a therapist, how I like my job. It ain't my last stop. Y'all know my ultimate goal is to be a motivational speaker. Um, that's my ultimate goal. Like, that's my ultimate goal. I'll get there. This is just my first step to it, okay? So, I like it. Anywho, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. This was fun to talk about. I don't know if I told these stories before. Y'all know I be having so many stories. Girl, I'm going to tell you, I feel like I've lived life so many damn times because <laughs> I've been having so many damn stories and experiences. But 
I enjoyed telling this. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you are on YouTube, go to the comment section and give me something you would like for me to talk on. You know, any type of perspective you would like to hear mine on um, or any type of experience or whatever. Put it in the comment section. Don't forget you can follow my personal Instagram page on uh, Instagram at Nini Tanae. The podcast has an Instagram page. It's at Herney Hill Podcast. You can follow me there. I'm here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. I try to be, but if not, I'm going to see you, okay? (laughs) Anywho, guys, thanks for tuning in. I'll check you out next time. Bye.